This is the Public Radio Hour, our weekly mix of special programs and homemade radio features. Tonight we'll hear from two students featured in the critically acclaimed documentary, Wrestle, which follows the final season of Johnson High School's wrestling team. Seeing it for the first time, it was just, it was just mind-blowing. It was just, I think I cried for like the first 10 minutes, honestly. Just being able to see like the journey that we embarked on in the past and like seeing where we are now, it was just like, it was just so mind-blowing. $10,000 in cash and a Fame Studios recording session are up for grabs in a unique songwriting contest titled Music from the Moon. Listen Local says it's part of their mission to support up-and-coming musicians. Record deals are great, but there's a lot of vampires in the skyscrapers that are controlling music of today. There's not many things out there that are supporting musicians. Arts Underground host Sarah Williamson gives us the lowdown on her perception of women's series, and we'll even flash back to some work from Hall of Fame broadcaster Judy Waters. We'll be back right after the news. This is the Public Radio Hour on 89.3 Huntsville. I'm your host, Brett Tannehill. Tonight, we'll chat with Sarah Williamson about a series of roundtable discussions she's been producing titled Perception of Women During the Arts Underground, which airs on this station Saturdays at 2. The series is exploring the past, present, and future of how women are and should be portrayed in art and other media. We'll also get in a visit with Alan Little of Listen Local, a group dedicated to supporting Huntsville's amazing local music scene through events and a really cool songwriting contest called Music from the Moon, where musicians around the world are being challenged to write a song on the theme of the moon or space, just in time for the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11. There's $10,000 up for grabs. But we'll start with something we discovered sort of out of the blue. One day, I was buzzing around the station, and I kept walking by Jenny Kennedy's office and noticed she was very intently watching something on her computer. And at one point, I walked by, and she was crying. So I asked, what's the matter? And she turned around, and with a great big smile on her face, she said, I just watched an amazing documentary. Ever had that feeling before? You see or hear something, and it completely affects you? That's what happened to Jenny when she watched Wrestle, a critically acclaimed documentary that follows the lives of four members of the Johnson High School wrestling team. This gripping story was shot here in Huntsville in the last year of Johnson High's existence before it closed, and it's making big waves nationwide. Two of its stars, Jaquan Rhodes and Jalen Young, were back in town for the local premiere at AMC Classic 10 Theater, where it's running through March 26th. Jaquan and Jalen sat down with Jenny to talk about what it's like to be the subject of a documentary and see your story on the big screen. Seeing it for the first time, it was just, it was just mind blowing. It was just, it was just. I think I cried for like the first ten minutes. Honestly, I was like, man, this is, this is, you know, just the feeling of nostalgia. Uh, you know, just being able to see like the journey that we embarked on in the past and like seeing where we are now. It was just like, it was just so mind blowing, so mind blowing. And it was, and seeing for me as a, as a native of Huntsville, seeing my hometown depicted, I was like, oh, there's, there's the space in Rocket Center, and there's, <laughs> I know where that is, I know where they are. Um, but I was not. I have a couple of friends who went to Johnson High School, but this was the the most inside view I'd ever seen of Johnson. And we know that Johnson is no longer with us. You graduated from Jemison, didn't you? Yeah, we graduated from Jemison. Okay, both Jalen and Jaquan graduated from, from Jemison High School. And I don't, I don't want to give away the, the ending because you kind of want to watch the... I want to ask <laughs> yeah. you what you're up to now, but I think you should probably watch the documentary to know that it, it, y'all did okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me how you got involved in this project. I feel like I get that question all the time. People ask, like, how are you in the movie? I just, I just tell them I was in the right place at the right time. I just so happened to be, like, wrestling for Johnson's wrestling team at the right time. And that's just, you know, that's just the way it worked out. I was just being the person I was being at the time. And that's how I came to be in a film and the character that I am in the film. So, And what about you, Jaquan? Actually, at first I actually did not want to be in the film. <laughs> Scrib, he had came up to me. and Now, Scrib's like, your coach. Yeah, he's my um, former coach. Yeah. Um, he came up to me, asked me, did I want to... Being a movie, and I was like, a movie? No. (laughs) Over time, he kept bugging me, and then once the cameras got there, I was like, you know what, I can do this. And that's just how I went. Uh, At first, it was annoying because Sinise was in in my face with the camera, like, 
at every moment of my life. I even at my house, I go out to get something to eat. I'm at school. I'm like, oh my god, I should never did this. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I always and, wondered about that. Yeah. And there's 650 hours of footage. If you can see some of that footage, like oh, they got us. They got yeah. every moment of our like full season from what was that October all the way up until May when they saw the senior graduate. They saw everything. Yeah. As, yeah. I see y'all waking up in the morning oh, and yeah. getting your breakfast and see the moms and yeah. uh, relatives and everybody. How did you? Get used to it. At what point did you realize, okay, I can live with these people in my face? <laughs> Halfway through the season for me, uh, uh-huh. I'd say. Around December time, when we went to, what, the Mortimer Jordan tournament, mm-hmm. that's when I got pretty used to it. So I was like, huh, yeah, they're going to be here regardless, so I might as well just get used to it. <laughs> yeah, for me, I think it was just, they just saw me at, like, one of my lowest points. At, and, you know, at that point, it's just like, you know, they're getting this like how much more you know lower can they get or like well you know this is this is a film there's going to be some down moments so when they got me in my like down like worst moment is just they're going to be here for a while i have to accept it they're going to catch everything so yeah and i thought you handled it with such grace yeah it, it was just an amazing thing mm-hmm. to see. And, and I was telling uh, Jalen and Jaquan before we got started, about halfway through watching this documentary, I started thinking, this can't be a documentary because these performances are so compelling and these children are so beautiful. <laughs> they must be Hollywood actors. There's no way these kids are from Huntsville, but but you are. And and you're doing doing okay so far. Okay, we can go ahead and say that you did graduate. Yeah, spoiler uh, alert. <laughs> spoiler <laughs> alert. Well, yeah, yeah, that was another scene. So my son graduated from that same auditorium for a couple of years before. Now, was there a scene that's not in the documentary that you wish that was? Oh, man. You know, like you were saying, like, you know, we have to be, like, great actors, but I think there was a scene uh, that season. I think we were at a tournament, and um, – you know, I was a I was a kind of amateur guy at that point. You were in was, high uh, school. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll you cut you some slack. Yes. <laughs> you know, we were at uh, this tournament, and I was trying to get everybody to try this Greek yogurt, and um, you know, nobody wanted to try. It. I thought it was nasty, but I thought maybe somebody else would like it. So I'm trying to get all my friends to try it, and I approach Scrib and I tell him to you know try this yogurt, and he's like, no, you know, like you know, sit down. And I'm just like, I'm a kid, so I'm just keep continuing to push his buttons. I'm like, here, man, try this yogurt. Then eventually, like, he slaps the yogurt out of my hand, and it like splashes in my face. It's all in my eyes. It's all over wrestling mats. We shut down a tournament for like maybe five to ten minutes so they can clean up Greek yogurt <laughs> over mats. So like, you know, I'm digging like yogurt out of my eyes for like, you know, maybe a solid couple of seconds <laughs> I throw in the script's face. It, that was a, you know, amateur scene, but after I look back, it was pretty funny and, uh, you know, our team, we had our ups and our downs, but we all made it, you know, the best yeah. thing and we learned no, from it. Now, were you burrito guy? <laughs> I was. <laughs> I was. I am. <laughs> I love it. I love food too much. That's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, Jaquan had to work extra hard because to overcome his love of burritos. <laughs> yes, yes, that was me like every tournament. <laughs> <laughs> and there, there's a lot of laughs. There's some high points. There's some low points. There are some points that are difficult to watch. And yeah. I can't imagine, you know, just me as a casual observer feeling the pain, what it was like for you to be there. Okay, let's just say when the cops pull you over. Just thinking, like, as I think, being on camera, like, there, it, you can't act. Like, that's not an act. Like, this is real life that, you know, it's going yeah. on. Like, for me, it was just when the cops stopped me, I just, honestly, I just had to be myself. And, it, and it's not even, like, acting out for a camera. It's just, like, I have to be smart. Like, I'm a black man in, like, South, Al- like, South Alabama. So I can't, I can't, you know, try too much. So that's why at that point, another spoiler, I just, you know, had to shut my mouth. And I just had to accept the situation for what it was. But, you know, like, it's not an act. Like, I just really have to be mindful of, you know, where I'm at. So. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but things worked out for, for everybody, for yeah. the most part. Yeah. I actually had a woman pull me over. I was actually leaving Jamario's um, house. It was actually his birthday. And I had got pulled over because he said my taillight or something was out. And I didn't even get a ticket for my taillight, you know. She, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, all right. And she just wanted to arrest me. I was like, oh, all right. So I had to go through this. I thought they was going to have, like, the entire scene in there, like, when I was speaking with the um, cop. And I was like, wow. Really, Sinise and Susanna, they was just standing over recording. And I was like, yeah, we can't make this up. <laughs> this, this is real. Oh, and your mama's a superstar, too. <laughs> <laughs> Russell is, will run through the 13th. We're hoping that they'll extend the run. It's at the AMC Classic Theater on Old Monrovia. Jalen, what do you want people who walk out of the theater after seeing Russell, what do you want them to know? 
I have to think about what I want people to know. I just think about, you know, them just being aware of the situations that go on in North Huntsville because, you know, sometimes you look at the media, WHNT, WAFF, you know, you look at those different news outlets and, you know, you, you maybe get like a flawed look mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe like from some of those reporters, there's like a bias towards how they give the story. But for, you know, Susanna, Lawrence, Tanisha, all the cameramen, the executive producers, you know, Micheline, they came not knowing anything about Huntsville or North Alabama. So I feel like they give like a very, you know, great description of the lives like you know just four students but that those four stories connect with so many like North Huntsvilleans um so like for me I just hope that they're aware of you know what's going on because I feel like you know very often in the news like we don't get the most clear picture mm-hmm. you know now you, there was that great story about the band kids from Jemison who all got scholarships oh uh, yeah. 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 yeah yeah you know you, that's the stuff I want to hear yeah about. you yeah. know like sometimes you just don't get you know yeah, there's going to be bad things but and all, like, if you can understand, like, why these things are going on, and I feel like through the documentary, just seeing how our lives go, you will understand, like, why things the way they are. And, you know, just through the awareness, I hope that they can, you know, somehow assist in North Huntsville in some way, you know, through Jemison, through the wrestling team, you know, just some kind of awareness that makes them act upon North Huntsville differently. What about you, Jaquan? For me, I just um, mainly want the youth to understand that, like even if they get in trouble and things don't go their way they still have hope and they can still achieve the things that they want to achieve like you all will see basically all the things that I've went through in my life or a lot of the things that I went through in my life and I'm still achieving Mm -hmm. you know you shouldn't let one thing stop you from doing what you love to do and just stay determined and focused and how has this documentary has it changed your life in any way it's you know, every time I think about the film, it's just like my kids are gonna see this. My kids' yeah, kids yeah, are gonna yeah. see this. You know, like it's just just something else, just so mind blowing. Like this is something that's gonna be here for eternity. Like you know, we read the Bible and that was made you know eighty BC thousand you know however many years you want to put on it. But that's crazy. This is gonna live on forever, and this is gonna affect like so many lives. Like not even yeah. just in North Huntsville, but everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Do you agree, Jaquan? I do. <laughs> How's it changed your life? It's changed my life because now. <sighs> It's like people like can actually like see what we what we went through and stuff, and like they'd be like like when I was at South Alabama, everyone and when I was telling them about it, they didn't believe me. Then I was, I actually got like it just made it. Hmm, I guess I got a little cool points with. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard. Like being in school, like I've I've mentioned it a little bit, but I think when we premiered it in San Francisco, California, like I had to tell my you know my professors about it. And I didn't tell any of my classmates. I maybe tell some of my closest friends, but I got back and I had to do like a presentation. And my uh, professor was just like, "Well, Jalen, do you want to tell the class like why you left for California?" And I was like, "Oh man, you know, uh-huh. I don't really like you know. It's cool to be in a movie, but I, I kind of wanted to like let it set in at the right time. But you know, like it's cool. It's so cool being in a film. Like this is not something that you imagine. Yeah. You know, this is like I said, it's gonna stick with you forever. People are gonna see this everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. So what was it like being in the theater with an, a live audience watching it? <laughs> I was shocked by the like the standing ovation we had got. I was like, wow, they really love this movie. <laughs> I loved it, but of course, you know, I'm gonna like because I'm in it and I'm like seeing all of this happen. But we got a standing ovation and it was like nice. Yeah. Also, like we, I think when we were in San Francisco for the premiere, it was also shown in like a like a film class in some elementary or middle school and. It's not even that it's just connecting with adults. Like, Jaquan was saying, it connects with the youth. Like, we yeah. are just in the classroom, and, like, we're just being normal people. And, Going you know, crazy. as the kids are walking in, they're, like, jaw-dropping, like, oh. Like, yeah, they just can't <laughs> believe that they're seeing, like, you know, movie stars, you know. Like, we're kind of, like, superheroes to them. So, like, it, it's just so cool. It's so cool, you know, the publicity it gets and just, you know, how it, you know, feels over people to see the movie. That was Jaquan Rhodes and Jalen Young talking with Jenny Kennedy about the hit documentary, Wrestle. You can see Wrestle on the big screen here in Huntsville. It's showing at AMC Classic 10 Theaters through March 26th. It's also been picked up by PBS for national broadcast. And it airs on Alabama Public Television, May 20th at 9 p.m., May 22nd at midnight and 2.30 a.m., May 24th at 9 p.m., and May 25th at 2.30 a.m. You can also find this information on tonight's podcast page for the Public Radio Hour. Just go to WLRH.org. This is the Public Radio Hour, and thanks for tuning in. Let's shift our attention from the wrestling mats to the moon and a $10,000 songwriting contest. The contest is called Music from the Moon, 
and it comes from one of the groups working to grow Huntsville's live music scene. Listen Local was founded by John Schmidt and Alan Little and has challenged songwriters here in the Rocket City and around the globe to write a song with a theme related to the moon or space. It's part of the celebration of the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 mission, and it's also part of Listen Local's service mission to help up-and-coming musicians find their voice in a business that can be pretty rough. Alan Little stops by the studios to tell us more. The way it started out was kind of by accident. I was asked to do a ticketed Alan Little performance it's straight to ale by Dan Perry. So I, I really attribute the birth of Listen Local to, to Dan Perry. And it was um, very touching that he asked to do that. Um, a ticketed event to hear me come, uh, come, come sing my songs I thought was very flattering. But you can come hear me for free in so many different other places. And I felt a little bit out of place doing something like that, though it was incredibly flattering. So I kind of um, uh, countered his offer there and said, what if I grab, you know, three of my favorite singer-songwriters and we do like a showcase here? And he loved that idea. And that was the first one. So um, I I didn't know that it was going to take off from there, but it was successful. We held it straight to ale and it was called Homebrewed. They they named it Homebrewed. And I had Microwave Dave and Charlie Howell and Jim Cavender, three people that I've looked up to um, ever since I can remember and Those are like, three big names. Locally. Yeah, certainly. They, they really are. And, um, you know, Charlie Howell, he's always been my, my favorite singer-songwriter. I've, I've, uh, that's, that's a very true statement. And I felt like if I can get these patriarchs in, I'll be able to get other people. I'll be able to say, well, Microwave Dave did it. Charlie Howell did it. Jim Kavner did it. Would you like to be a part of this? You want to do this too? So yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how that evolved. So yes, the ticket the ticket pricing was was a little bit less. We were doing it in a different venue that was a la carte, and we um, have always relied on sponsors for these shows to to um, do it the way we want to, and we do our best to uh, you know advertise it well for the sponsors to get their benefit from it. But um, that's how it started out, and we moved over to Tangled String where we can have the, the, the shows recorded and videoed. They can be uh, streamed at times so you can see them online. And, and Tangled String has the same common vision that we do in supporting our local artists. And they're very great about getting big-name acts, too, that aren't uh, exactly local, but they hold a, um, you know, a standard for a high-caliber show in there. Uh, so... Talk to me a little bit about uh, the camp. What's happening there? Oh, the camp! That's such a fantastic, uh, fantastic venue, and it doesn't even feel. Now, don't get me wrong when I say this. It doesn't feel like you're in Huntsville when you're there, because it's and just, for people who don't know where, yes, where, or what this is. That is where the Super Mall used to be. That's what we used to call it, Madison. Over Square there near Top Golf, right? And, yeah. Exactly. So that's a, a a very dynamic space, and it is like a camp. It, you've got these uh, canopy stretch-looking sails that kind of offer a covering, like from the sun, but it's still very open. And there is uh, there's a full bar there, and there's um, fantastic food trucks that crank out food that's very quality um, in a timely manner, so you don't have to wait long for the food. And then they have a really nice stage and good uh, stage sound, and they're um, promoting different um, acts over there. We've, we were a part of one this past weekend called Song Crafters, where we had some different artists there. Um, and it was very successful. But it's a very nice venue. People are bringing their kids. I've seen a few dogs there. But it's this nice environment. It's a, a great, well-thought-out setting. And there's nothing else like it that I've ever seen in all the places that I've been. This nice little spot, the way that it's set up outdoors, like that um, right here in town. Well, and as we were talking before we turned the mics on, we were uh, talking a little bit about Tip Top Cafe and yes. kind of the olden days of, of local music Absolutely. here in Huntsville. And you remember those days, oh, and yeah. I remember those days, and, and Huntsville has changed a lot since then. I mean, you know, back in years past, there weren't the options there are now. How have right. you seen things change here in Huntsville from you know, a music fan's perspective, but also from a, a, someone who's looking for a place to play? Well, fantastic. That's a great question. And I think something that has definitely been seen since the, you know, since the days of the tip top, um, 
there has been sort of a venue shortage in town uh, for bands to go. And now we're getting some more of those venues as, as, uh, as, as you can see, there's different ones that are coming up uh, in downtown Huntsville that are, that are fantastic. But back then, the tip top, you know, as I was saying earlier, you know, the tip top was, was, as I refer to, as the carrot. That was the treat. That was what, if there was like a venue out there that would almost kind of encourage or entice young musicians to join a band and, and come up with original content. Right. It was the tip top. And that's, that's not really, that's not there anymore. You know, bring your, bring your demo tape down to the bartender and let them listen to it, you know, mm-hmm. and then maybe can you get a gig open. That's like someone. literally how it happened yeah, for a lot of bands. Exactly. Like pop it in the jam box and, and that was okay, an you can have a gig. Time. Yeah. That was, an, that was a real exciting time. I remember that, uh, like it was a couple years ago. Um, and now one of the things, you know, with the camp, you've got uh, this really awesome venue. You can be younger. You know, younger people can come to this. It's, it's great for all ages. It's a, it's a fantastic environment. I mean, it's like it's a very, I'll say, universal, you know. You know, I don't know. It might be a generational thing. It's something I've always wondered, you know, is it the, you know, what do we got to do to bring that generation out that might be a little bit younger than my generation? I'm mid-40s now. You know, I've, I've got kids. That's a factor. All right. Well, that box is checked. I can bring my kid now, you know. Yeah. So, and, and listeners, you can't see this right now, but um, Alan and I are sitting in one studio and literally through the glass right. in the studio next to us is that younger generation that you're sure talking is. about. Giovanna Akami, uh, one of our producers on Valley Sounds, is in there doing an interview and a a studio performance with Wanda Wazalowski. Oh, and yeah. that that's kind of the next generation. And we walked in, you were like giving the, you know, the, the what's up to them. And oh, so yeah. you're, you're familiar with, with the, the up and comers. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a, that's a fantastic thing. You know, with younger generations, there's a lot of music, there's a lot of musical difference uh, out there than what we're used to. And I think a variety is good, but it is nice to see um, the younger folks kind of carrying on that, uh, the, uh, that style of music, you know, Wanda's an outstanding singer-songwriter, great guitar player, and it's not a very popular thing for kids her age, you know. Um, so it's nice to see that 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 fire burning, and it's not all electronica, you know. Yeah. And nothing against electronica. There's there's room for everything. Listen Local supports that too. You know, we're finding new ways with Listen Local um, to be able to dip into these different genres you know, and support it and and not fight it because it's not an acoustic guitar or piano. Before we started our local music show, Valley Sounds, which airs uh, Saturday nights at nine, I, I did not really grasp the how far-reaching the different genres and the diversity in the local music. I didn't know there was such a great R&B scene. Yes. I didn't know there was such a great hip-hop scene. Yes. You kind of know the sort of the standard things that you can go see, but there's Absolutely. so much out there. And that kind of brings me to my next question, which yeah. is you, you mentioned uh, just a moment ago, stoking the fires. And you guys uh, have come up with a very unique way to stoke the songwriting fires with this Music from the Moon contest. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, let me just run this uh, down for the listeners. Um, uh, music from the Moon songwriting contest, this performance uh, must be performed by a duo or smaller, no longer than six minutes. You make a video, you put it on YouTube, and then you're eligible for uh, a pretty amazing walk away, a, a big prize involved That's with it. Right. You want to talk about that? That's right. Yeah. So the song has to be kind of like a like a rocket man or a ground control to Major Tom is the best way that I've you know tried to explain that. It has to do with something about the moon, uh, space travel, some element of such because we are commemorating with this contest the the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 lunar landing and that's upon us this summer and so that's why we we started this last summer actually is when it was birthed you know so and you yeah, started accepting 10, 000, entries uh, last month i think that's in february right. that's right so we started uh, accepting entries on february 15th and those will go until may 15th um and it's been neat i've i've looked yeah. at a few of the videos seeing and you're getting entries from all over the place. I've seen some from North Alabama. I saw somebody That's from right. Florida. Yeah, and and New like York. you said, this is like a a worldwide contest. You're looking for people to, That's right. like you said, write 
a song, six minutes or less, uh, on the theme of the moon or space you know, and space. exploration, all that. Yeah, and it's been it's been pretty neat so far. What, it what is, how's it the response cool. been? You know, I think we've gotten a really good response. I want to say right now, I looked before we came in here about forty nine. I think we've got forty nine entries um, at this point, and I know we'll get more. Um, but right now, those folks have a one in forty nine chance. The way we stand now, and winning ten thousand dollars cash. Now, this isn't like a like a whole total prize package of ten thousand dollars. They're going to get a check for $10,000. Plus, we're flying them here to town for them to be a part of the different festivities that are going to be going on around this celebration. Um, but also, they're going to record at Fame Studios. That's a big, that's a big yeah. thing. That, that's, that's not worth maybe $10,000, right. but like intrinsically, that is like a really cool thing to, to be able to do. And, Absolutely. Uh, and then uh, they'll also get a uh, all the eight finalists will get a uh, a tonewood amp, which is this device that goes on the back of a guitar. And folks will just have to look that up. I play one, and it's uh, changed my game and my playing and cre- creativity. It's just a, an element of the guitar that kind of you just have to look it up. It's neat. <laughs> it's a gadget. <laughs> so, gadget. so music from the moon. Right. Who who thought this up? Why why would you? Well, why would you do this? This is sort of a, a wonderfully crazy idea. I have a good friend that was a part of uh, every shuttle mission that ever left. Uh, his name is Scott Phillips, and his nickname is Shuttle Man. And anyhow, he has a relationship with Martin Guitars. Uh, Martin Guitars holds claim to the first American guitar in space, which is really cool. Martin's really proud of that. They love the space program as is. And um, Scott told me that um, he had been in uh, conversation with Martin and that they had agreed to build a 50th anniversary edition, you know, D28 Martin guitar, very uh, HD28. and I don't know if that stands for high definition or heavy duty, but it's uh, got a lot of bells and whistles. It's going to be a very ornate guitar, and a lot of symbolism is going to go into this guitar. It's going to be something we're saying out of this world. It truly is. Um, and it's going to live behind glass at the Davidson Center. And the winner of the contest, provided that they play the guitar, <laughs> they'll have a chance to play that winning song on that guitar at the gala at um, Space and Rocket Center. For the celebration, and there have been a lot of guitar-oriented entries so far, it as really one has. would expect. But mm-hmm. like you said, it, it really can be any any genre, anything that uh, you folks out there can can dream up, as long as it's on theme. Right, absolutely. So, Listen Local has a page on YouTube and uh, a channel, and you can actually go there and see all of the entries that are in there right now. And I've been really impressed with a lot of these entries and finding out that some of these folks live in town. I have never heard of them, you know. It's amazing. Absolutely. I'm like, we need to get them a part of a show, you know, um, <laughs> uh, that we do. It's, it's great. I have always believed in the talent that is in this town. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty spectacular. And that's why Listen Local's here. We want everybody to feel that way. We want people to realize what kind of talent is here. And so with our reach that we're, that we're getting with this competition, with what we're doing ourselves on social media, we're looking at that as being able to lay down some good train tracks on being able to use those same train tracks in promoting you know, local singer-songwriter musicians. And just zooming out a little bit from uh, the music from the moon contest and zooming back a little bit from the, the, the listening room shows and yeah. things happening at the camp, uh, there seem to be a lot of people trying to push things along. Listen Local, uh, Spice Radio, Huntsville, yes. No Huntsville, yes. uh, In Tune with T-Mill. There's all sorts of like pockets of people who are really interested yes. in seeing something happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan Little, what do you hope happens? What would you like to see happen with local music in Huntsville? I want to see like it recognized. Like best case scenario. Yes, I, like, want to, I just want to have it be um, something that's recognized on a national scale. Look what we can do. But I also want this to ignite fires in other communities because if there's hidden talent here, there's got to be hidden talent in other spots. And so if we can start a fire 
where there's other communities out there that are wanting to have a listen local program, that's the best case scenario for me. Because I don't believe that, you know, having the record, record deals are great, but there's a lot of vampires in the skyscrapers that are controlling music of today, what's coming on the radio and things like that. There's not many things out there that are supporting musicians. You know, an artist can sell a print and they'll make money off of that print. Well, I look at a print as like somebody being able to stream their music and they're not getting any money off of that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. People are not in the album buying process anymore. Everything is turning into more of a, you've got to be playing live. You've got to be selling concert tickets to be able to make money. Um, It's not coming from your records. If we can create something where there's a strong awareness where, uh, of, of talent in our community and different communities where we can provide situations where they can get out and be heard and make a living, then we're getting somewhere. But the game has changed. So do you think Huntsville can do it? I truly do. I think that there's enough, like you, like you named off, there, you, you named off so many different folks out there. There's the, you know, you know Alex Hendricks does this thing, the women in music, uh, right, right. Uh, which is a very strong thing. Uh, it's, it's awesome. Um, uh, Spice Radio's got that thing going on. Uh, Jim Parker in, in his songwriter series, right. part, part of it too. We're all part of the same army. You know, everybody has that same vision. Alan Little with Listen Local. Yeah. Thanks. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. A big thanks to Alan Little and John Schmidt at Listen Local and all the other folks doing what they can to help foster a thriving local music scene. You can do your part by going to see some live original music. And you can find more information about Listen Local and the $10,000 Songwriting Challenge, Music from the Moon, on tonight's Public Radio Hour podcast page at WLRH.org. Look under Programs for the Public Radio Hour, and you can find the entire podcast archive. You can also find more information online at listenlocalhsv.com. Coming up, it's Women's History Month, and we'll continue to honor it by learning about a special series of roundtable discussions happening on the Arch Underground and a throwback commentary from the Sundial Writer's Corner featuring beloved and retired WLRH host and Hall of Fame broadcaster Judy Waters. We'll be back after this. Next time on City Arts and Lectures, Mayor Michael Tubbs of Stockton, California, talks to Dan Pfeiffer about the city's Universal Basic Income pilot program. That's next time on City Arts and Lectures on this public radio station. Catch City Arts and Lectures here Thursday nights at 8 on 89.3 HD1 WLRH. One of the most popular movie musicals of all time, at least it's one of my favorites, Singing in the Rain will come to life on the stage at Sparkman High School. During the 10 o'clock hour of Friday's Morning Blend, I'll be speaking to members of the cast and crew. There'll be plenty of time for your requests, too. I'm Jenny Kennedy. Hope you can join me Friday from 9 to noon on WLRH. This is the Public Radio Hour on 89.3 Huntsville. This is the Public Radio Hour on listener-supported 89.3 Huntsville Public Radio. I'm your host tonight, Brett Tannehill. So if you love music and art and you've never heard our radio program, The Arts Underground, I'd like to humbly suggest you check it out. It airs Saturday afternoons at 2 here on the main channel. It was started by former hostess with the mostest Beth Norwood who then passed the torch to Sarah Williamson, who's taken the show's free-form radio style to new heights. It's a mixture of interesting conversations, unique features, fun, whimsy, and a great mix of music thrown in to boot. So check it out Saturdays at 2. And if you've been listening this month, you've heard some great music and a really interesting roundtable discussion about how women are perceived and portrayed in art and other media, and how that's evolving, for better or worse. Sarah sat down with me to talk about the series and what's happening next. 
So we have a panel for the Perception of Women series. And on the panel, we have David and Cynthia and Amanda, who are all artists. We've got Christy, who's an art appreciator, Ariana, who is an artist assistant, and Krista, who is a subject as well as an um, art appreciator. And as part of the series, you're just using first names as a way to sort of right. like make people give them the latitude to be a little more honest about yes. things. Yes. Our, our panel opted to um, forego the last names when we were introducing them to uh, preserve privacy. But these are real people, as yes. we can assure you. And tell us a little bit, Sarah, about some of the things you've discussed so far that have really sort of stuck out in your mind. We are discussing what is respectful and what is not respectful of the female body, which is something that is kind of a touchy subject. And uh, there obviously are a lot of different opinions on it. But really what we're getting into is how, yeah, women are women and men are men and they're different. But what we're exploring with the Perception Series is that gender should not be the defining factor of a person's individuality and merit as a human being because otherwise you've got this us versus them mentality and attitude, which leads to hate, superiority, entitlement, and history has shown that that attitude is terrible and it wreaks havoc. And the segment we're about to hear coming up in just a moment and will also air this Saturday at two on the Arts Underground, you've titled Warrior Women. Right. There is really no one definition of a woman, which is what we're talking about in this next installment. And there is no one definition of a warrior. And it kind of goes back to uh, individuality. That's the yeah. word we yeah. want to Growing yeah. up in the Bible Belt, I grew up here in Huntsville. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. were um, in church every time the doors opened. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we were very, very poor. Um, and we went to a picnic one time, and my mother was an, is still an artist. And she had her jeans with holes, and she had ceramic. She did ceramics, so she had ceramic mud all over her jeans. Just whatever she could wear. She probably didn't have a bra on. But we were at the church picnic, and you know, of course, one one of the ladies came up to her and said, um, "You know, you're supposed to be dressed in your best for when Jesus comes back." And my mom said, well, what if I'm in the shower, you know, when Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> when Jesus comes back, you know, like. I'm wearing what Jesus gave me. Right. I mean, exactly. exactly. So, so um, you know, now you can go to church and wear jeans and nobody's mm-hmm. going to give you a big hard deal about it because it's been accepted. The world is changing, uh, but like it's changed in the past. That's the scary thing mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. I did a little bit of research and I printed this out. And um, I mean, this is just one article, but I mean, if you do research on this, it's like very apparent that in history, women have played a, um, a significant part in society. They, you know, had roles that were equal, that were equal to men. Um, uh, let's see, like some women fought as warriors alongside mm-hmm. their men that would would be in what is now uh, France there were um, women in the church in the early Christian church there were female bishops mm-hmm. the first author that we know of the first named author was a woman mm-hmm. but things have changed and, well, and so the scary thing is like oh what if that changes again I think a big part of it is representation yeah. actually um, because yeah, women have always worked. Women mm-hmm. have always been essentially the base of our economy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, going back to warriors, women fought in the revolution. Right. Women fought in the Civil War. I mean, actually mm-hmm. physically fought. Um, yeah, it, it's it's what's been passed down and remembered mm-hmm. and taught. And so, right, I think a big part of this is like just what we're doing now is talking about it and mm-hmm. recognizing it. Considering women's history as everyone's history, um, and considering yeah. women's role in in everyday life as as equal, um, and I don't even want to say equal to men because I don't think we should be measuring That's ourselves against own men. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. We start thinking of women as individuals. Um, and not as women, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like um, when it's not the whole, you know, women have their role to play or their part to do and men have their role to do. When you start thinking about everybody as mm-hmm. their own individual self mm-hmm. who has their own journey to to follow and, the, you know, their own, you know, destiny, if you will, to fulfill. And, and none of that has to do with their gender. 
Right. When, yeah, when you really start thinking about people and appreciating them for their individual beauty and their own merit as a person. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, right. As much I think as much power has been gained and and can be um, gained and used through uh, considering women as a group and drawing power from women, which I certainly do. Um, when you create any group, you, you automatically create an outside, mm-hmm. you know, and I yeah. think I see that culturally um, and and with beauty standards um, and everything. I mean, look, what what even is a woman? What you know, right. what do we define right. as a woman yeah. um, that that's meant? different things at every stage in history mm-hmm. that means different things for mm-hmm. um, people of different classes and different and races it makes mm-hmm. it, it yeah. means different things for you know um, I, I think it's it's really important to consider also you know women women of all women of all types um, mm-hmm. no matter you know how you're born or raised right. or I think if you just look across the uh, a small group of your own friends or, or acquaintances mm-hmm. people that you know you could you could learn about them that each individual woman or man, but each individual woman has a completely different outlook on life and what she wants from it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it, we're not all the same and we're not all seeking the same things, but mm-hmm. that exact thing is what we're seeking is that we are seeking different things and that mm-hmm. we deserve different things. And, um, and that has nothing to do with being compared to a man or right. women's power or right. or whatever. It's it's, it's our ability to d- to to seek what we want in life, just like everyone else. It's it's what I want. It's my what I find will make me happy. And love the rest of you, but y'all can deal with it, whatever. <laughs> yeah. that is. Mm-hmm. We do. We compare ourselves all the time. Yeah. And sometimes for a good reason, and sometimes. No, and while you guys have been talking, um, I've been visualizing being in several art museums and looking at the art on the walls. And there's a lot of women in the art, mm-hmm. but the artists are predominantly men in, in right. major cultural institutions. And then I was thinking, I did an unofficial survey of Low Mill, mm-hmm. and it's 60% women artists, mm-hmm. at least. Oh, wow. So we are shifting in that respect that actually it's much better to have actual representation of what people really want to do. Mm-hmm. So these people want to be artists, so they should be artists. And mm-hmm. Lone Mill, thankfully, is a place where we, we can all be ourselves. Right. But that's not representative of art museums mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember what it was. I read somewhere that um, good luck being a woman to get into an art museum unless you're a nude on the wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't really seem to be the case at all. But I, I was just thinking about... Um, uh, you know, pinup girls and whatnot, yeah. like the, the the true sexualization of women. Um, but but nowadays, it's coming back as an art form, yeah. and it's it is actually it's it's seen as a an appreciation. It is. It's mm-hmm. an appreciation, yeah. and and maybe it always was. I'm not sure. I I you know, but there like there's an artist here. I think he's here in Huntsville who does mm-hmm. he does pinup like pinup girls, and they're yeah. I mean they're absolutely right. fascinating. Yeah, and they're so fun because it's I mean. They're they're always like um, uh, situations, you know, and it's like very very specific and stylized. But um, I will say that uh, every one of these women is very different, you know. Right. And um, but I think it's really neat that um, uh, we were we were talking about the sexualization of women in art, right. and it, it, in a in a way it, it, negatively, like uh-huh. that it wasn't necessarily a good thing. But it, I just thought about this that I recently saw an artist who's who's doing this. Um, and I know that pin up, like pinups and what's that boudoir? Oh yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's it's beautiful and it's fun and mm-hmm. and people love to do it and mm-hmm. and it um, boils down to perception. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. like are people going to perceive this as something that's sexual and that it, as a? Yeah, I don't even want to go there, but something <laughs> <laughs> to be appreciated as you know, this is another human and this is beautiful. Like appreciate is, I think appreciate is the right word. Like when I first introduced myself and I said, and I appreciate art. Like yeah. I appreciate art. I appreciate the hell out of art. And mm-hmm. I may not be able to afford a lot of it. Maybe yeah. later in life, I may not be able to afford a lot of it. But I think that's something that I, I'm very lucky. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I can't look at. I can look at art and go, that doesn't speak to me. Mm-hmm. Right. But I'm but not going to look at art and go, ugh, like, why would you do that? I'm going to be like, oh, yeah. my God, that's so neat, you yeah. know? I think um, pinup, like, the difference is it used to, pinup is now appreciated. It is no longer used. Good point. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's true for a lot of, particularly women and nudes in art. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. What's the intent of the image? Right. Mm-hmm. Is it to 
respect and cherish the body and the art form and put it in context of I've seen some brilliant nude photography where there's natural rocks as the background and it's a complement between the shape of the human form against nature right. and then you see some really what I would consider more cheesy photography and you think what was the intent of that because mm-hmm. um, there's a difference between the intent and then also what the viewer is taking from it the perception and right. they don't always align yeah. Well, the positive side of sexualization, I, I, and maybe I'm using that term wrong, but, um, you know, years ago when I was growing up, um, anything that had to do with sex was automatically we're shutting down the conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if, if it, an image had to do with sex or even talking about a homosexual, that, mm-hmm. that automatically puts sex in your mind. So we're not talking about it. It scandalizes right, it. Right, right. Um, but as we grow up and now as we're raising our children, um, we, at least I am uh, teaching yeah. them to embrace that, embrace um, that these people are happy um, and let them be happy. So one of my best friends is transgender, mm-hmm. and uh, my son just happens to be BFF with her <laughs> and it was before when mm-hmm. it was uh, him and um, one day I was driving over to her house and n- I knew that she was no longer dressing like a man and I was I had Levi or my son with me and I said you know um, she's going to be you know dressed a little different and all I had to say was um, she's happy this way and he was like okay that's fine <laughs> that's yeah, fine yeah, with me exactly. and it doesn't matter to him anymore because it's still the same person, right? right. It's still the same and person. Still BFF. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, taking the like the sex, um, saying, I don't know, just like circumnavigating the sex part and just putting it aside. When you scandalize it mm-hmm. and right. you make it like, hey, this is normal, right? And it's not about sex, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. not what this is about, right? Um, then we can talk about the human that you know. I, it was terrible growing up when. Um, thinking about mm-hmm. um, my, I don't know, people being put down for being a homosexual yeah. just because the people are hung up on the sex part of it. Right. But, you know, and never thinking about their heart. Yeah. And these two people are in love and who cares what they do, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, I, as time has gone by, it uh, we've embraced um, that part I don't know really. No, I totally mm-hmm. get it. I think it um, relates to, I mean, my personal experience with that is, I mean, I, I kind of, I really regret the fact that I was raised to kind of be afraid of my own sexuality mm-hmm. and my own, even just my own gender and like, you know, oh no, you, know, you have to cover up your chest. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to get raped. <laughs> right. You know, you don't want anything bad to happen to you <laughs> because, you know, and you might cause it to happen because you're a female Mm -hmm. and so it just it was just this it's a fear thing Mm -hmm. you have a 50 50 chance of being born a female right but better be careful like yeah yeah. (laughs) what yeah (laughs) that was the latest installment of a series of roundtable discussions titled perception of women hosted by sarah williamson with the arts underground here on 89.3 Huntsville. You can hear that segment, Warrior Women, airing again during the Arts Underground this Saturday at 2 p.m. And find past discussions in the podcast archives at wlrh.org. Just look under Programs for the Arts Underground, and you can also check out the archives for the Public Radio Hour. We've been celebrating Women's History Month in a variety of ways in our news and music programs this month, including here on the Public Radio Hour. In next week's show, we'll have a special series of commentaries on that topic from our team of Tennessee Valley wordsmiths known as the Sundial Writers' Corner. Let's get a little preview by reaching into the Sundial archives for this gem, produced a couple of years ago by Alabama Broadcasting Hall of Fame member and beloved and retired producer Judy Waters, who created Sundial back in the early days of WLRH with her husband Harry Waters. Here's Judy and Sri Bushannon in the Sundial Writers' Corner on the Public Radio Hour. This is 89.3 Huntsville Public Radio. I'm Judy Waters. Sundial writer Sri Bushannon recently visited his aging mother in Mumbai, where he learned that the child is father of the mother.
I can't manage on my own. There was a certain pathos in these words uttered by mom. During recent weeks, I had discerned a change in her demeanor over the phone. She spoke less confidently and seemed more vulnerable. While this may seem quite normal for an 83-year-old, mom has been quite the sprightly personality all her life. Standing at 4 feet 11 inches, she has an ecumenical worldview and is quite comfortable letting it be known. I planned a visit to Bombay, where mom lives, and asked my daughter Minu if she would be interested in joining me. Minu agreed enthusiastically, as long as it was after finals. So I booked our tickets and told mom that I was coming. I planned to surprise her with Minu. We took the 30-hour flight and the hour-long cab ride to mom's place and rang her doorbell at about 2.30 a.m. Minu was standing in front of me as I recorded the surprise. Mom's smile was as wide as a Texan highway. It had been a year and a half since we last met, and the reunion was wondrous and joyful. Over the next week, I helped Mom with finances, medical visits, grocery shopping, and quality time. My in-laws also visited from Kerala and stayed at the resplendent Taj Mahal Hotel near Mom's house. One image indelibly etched in my mind's eye was Minu tickling the ivories on a Steinway in the grand lobby of the hotel so her grandparents could experience her piano skills live instead of via Skype. She belted out a couple of pieces from memory, which made my heart swell. We took walks by the Gateway of India, and I got to see Mom using the walking stick I'd brought her. One day, I laid down with Mom and held her hand and sang to her, just as I did with my daughters when they were young. The day before we returned, there was a brief rain shower, and we saw some kids break spontaneously into a familiar refrain. It was the Marathi version of Rain, Rain, Go Away. It echoed the universal spirit that binds humanity, something Mom espouses. We flew back to Madison, but not before Mom could say, in her most pragmatic way, I'm so glad you came to see me while I'm still alive. Sri Bhushanan fancies himself a word engineer, uh, that is, a writer. He's a longtime resident of Madison, but keeps in close touch with his mother via Skype. If you enjoy these Sundial commentaries, you can also listen online at WLRH.org and on iTunes. This is 89.3 Huntsville. Thanks for tuning in this week's edition of the Public Radio Hour. A special thanks to Jaquan Rhodes and Jalen Young, featured in the Wrestle documentary. We hope that you get out and see that. Remember, that's at the AMC Classic 10 Theater through March 26th and also coming on Alabama Public Television beginning May 20th. You can find showtimes at WLRH.org on the Public Radio Hour podcast page for today. Also, thanks to Alan Little and John Schmidt at Listen Local for all they're doing to make sure Huntsville has a thriving local music scene. And thanks to Sarah Williamson and her panel on the Arts Underground. We do hope you enjoy that series. Have a great night. We'll see you next week. Do you love the interviews we do with folks from the local arts community? How about the engaging sundial writers we feature each week and the great live performances by local guitarist Phil Weaver and the chamber music group Sybarite 5? If you appreciate all of this, consider making a donation to WLRH so we can continue to bring you the best of our community. We can bring you this great local content because we live right here.